This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As always, a very warm welcome to uh, Kerry Dixon for the Kerry Dixon Show. How are you, mate? Well, um, <laughs> got a bit of egg on my face, I have to say, Dave. Well, uh, you and me after both, last mate. Week, and, <laughs> yeah, I was rather rather bullish, and uh, you know how much we should beat Burnley and pretty much dismiss them. Um, not necessarily no hopers, but you know um, all the rumours appeared to be correct regarding the club. I'm not going to dive in and say about the KL sending off was the reason <clears throat> was the reason for uh, because I thought generally on the whole the first half was a very sluggish performance um, lacking energy drive picked up after the break probably a shock to the system but uh, a bit too little too late and uh, you can't approach too many games like that and uh, I'm sure it will be addressed but uh, it doesn't uh, do much to dismiss lots of people's fears that uh, all is not well at the moment mm. I think I think that's absolutely spot on mate I mean you know you you can you can look at that match in isolation but if you do look at it you know in the round in terms of the bigger picture then I suppose you know that adds to the worry but I mean how, how much of a shock was it do you think well it's a big shock to me um mm. I've got to say, even with sending off, I, I thought we were good enough and should be good enough at home to beat Burnley. And I'll say that, um, and, you know, people say that was so stupid uh, because, it, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't happened. Um, but the it, it was a shock. The result's a shock. It's one of the biggest open day upsets in a long, long time so in, in terms mm. of the champions getting beat at home um, like they did. Um, I think we will pick up for Spurs. Um, I think it will be an improved performance, but it's certainly a tougher game and there's no guarantees. Um, and added to whatever previous worries there were, of course, is the situation now that we've got with no Fabregas and no Kale. Um, but listen, we've got internationals to come in and people looking to 
get into the side. But I'm, I'm going to need to see um, the drive and the desire before. I mean, we look at the season before, and uh, you know, I, I was buoyed by the fact that people were trying to get in the side. Everyone wanted to play. You know, only two out of three people wanted to play up front. Uh, when they got their opportunity, you know, Richard, they were doing well. I saw, uh, I didn't see any of that. Um, I saw brief glimpses of it um, in the Burnley game in the second half. Um, and most notably from uh, £60 million signing, um, Morata, when he came on, um, he was the real positive that came out of the game for me. But other than that, not a lot. Mm. I mean, to, to be really honest, I mean, you know, look, it would be easy just to blame it all on the referee, and I and I don't think that that's true. I, you know, you can understand why both Cahill and Fabregas went. I think a lot of the Chelsea supporters that I've spoken to since were, you know, had the hump more about the fact that his overall control of the game was pretty poor, and there was a, a just a general feeling that you know we weren't getting anything out of it, and you know all the decisions were going Burnley's way. But I mean, the amazing thing is, in spite of the disappointment and 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 in, and in fact some of the anger that we had. Uh, it was quite uplifting at the end because, you know, with 10 and 9 men particularly, they did give it a go. They they showed a lot of fight. And and you're right. I think, uh, you know, Morata was a huge positive. And, and I'd also say that Rudiger and, and, and Christensen uh, were quite impressive too. But let, let's talk about Morata first. That's your department, the striking department, Kerry. Um, he did look good. He looked like a proper strike. Well, proper strike is a bit of a weird thing to say. He looks like a striker that I like, i.e. one that moves really, really well. I, I loved his movement, and he and he's clearly got an eye for goal. What, what, what did you think? Yeah, much the same. Um, the desire. I mean, it's not hard to come off the bench and fire and fire up a side that was uh, lacking. Very mm. um, apathetic, what I've got to say, and very lethargic. Um, so he come off the bench. He gave it some energy, some drive. Um, straight away, got on the end of things. Goal, um, probably messed up a goal as well. But with his desire to get on the end of things as well, by getting a touch. But you know, his, his movement, as you say, into the box, he's, he's wanting the ball. He's, you know, um, I I held my judgment, and, and I still do. I'm not going to go overboard. That was the first mm. glimpse. But I remember my first glimpse of Arjen Robin many years ago when he came on um, for. a cameo role as such and I think it was a good hunt at Blackburn and he, for 17 minutes or something he, he was absolutely fantastic and I, I thought Morata when it, for the period that he came on was was pretty much the same not quite the impact as uh, Robin but um, certainly massive improvement on what we had previously and uh, you know I said about people have got to hit the ground running and you know, there's question marks. I see some of the pundits saying, why was he left on the bench for so long and, and, and so on. Um, well, you know, two two things to take from that. Not not really sure why he was left on so long, but that's why. Well, he had a decent pre-season, I have to say. And uh, he was given the chance or the opportunity to show that he could at least compete for the position. And I, I've got to say, you know, failed miserably. Um mm. Talk about hit, talk about hit the ground running. I'm afraid not. Um, big opportunity. I mean, whether we got caught up in in the you know uh, the way the team was playing and the lethargy of it, of everything, but um, certainly didn't do himself any favours. And I, you know, if Mar- I expect Morata to start, um, I don't expect it to go again. I think Morata will start against Spurs, and I think it'll be uh, a lot more drive. And I think Patch Roy might well have to wait um, before he gets uh, another opportunity, providing Morata has the um, now, if you like, to 
continue what he's doing and uh, show exactly what he's capable of and perhaps one or two more goals if he does exactly that. I'll see Batshuayi not getting an opportunity for, well, the cup time and so on. And uh, he might well have missed his chance. Which is, which is a great shame because, you know, the, clearly the boy has got something about it. I, I thought actually, you know, Alan Shearer, who, who knew one or two things about being a striker, I thought he had a very interesting analysis actually last weekend when he said that, you know, Batshuayi was playing a lot with his back to goal and he wasn't turning the defender, you know, and running into the channels, which made it quite difficult for players like William to really put a ball through to him. And and, and personally, I, I mean, you know, clearly I'm not a, I'm not a football player at all, and you are, but... Um, it, it, what occurred to me was that that was he showed his inexperience really, perhaps his naivety, and and it, and it kind of showed me that maybe he he still has a, a fair bit to learn if he's going to be able to lead the line for Chelsea, Kerry. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I don't know about yeah. You know, I mean, you said about um, or maybe Alan Shearer quote, and I'm not sure about that, but you said about uh, William putting the ball in. I mean, Morata didn't seem to have a problem with it because it was William that put the ball in for. You know, well, yeah, but Morata um, was running into the space, mate. I think that was the point. I yeah, think that Morata yeah, was turning yeah. the defender and making those runs. Yeah, well, and, and William, of course, put the ball where a centre forward should be yeah, and behind the defenders, exactly. and they're getting on the end of things. So, you know, it, it, it's normal. <laughs> the way I see it, you know, if you don't do normal things and you're trying to do abnormal things, then, you know, your game is messed up. And uh, I don't know, but, uh, you know, that, I've said about it, it's, it's a shame for the lad, but, you know, Youngsters often get um, pilloried for not taking their chance when when the opportunity comes along, and you know I'm afraid the same is for seasoned players. If you if you don't come and do something at a club, you're not going to get too many chances. Certainly not at the top clubs at the top level these days. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've been watching uh, Real Madrid in the last few games. I saw them against United. And I saw them again last night. Absolutely outstanding. We're asking mm. about a team, uh, expecting a team. I mean, we were talking last week about the Champions League, and you know we're going to be involved in this competition, and you know we're we're going to come up against this. I mean, they look ready to go. I mean, in fact, Barcelona didn't look so clever, and Manchester United, who won four 0 last weekend, were made to look not so good by Real Madrid, who who were playing without Ronaldo's, without Bales, and so on. And you know, this is the level we've got to aspire to, um, and certainly not Burnley at home. It, you know, it's it's a million miles away at the moment. Well, it is indeed. But I mean, you know, we'll we'll talk about the next game, which is a good opportunity to put it right, of course. But just to go back to Morata, he's a very different kind of striker from Costa, isn't he? Um, you know, Costa's a bit of a battering ram, really. But Morata looks to be, in a sense, a more all-round striker. Got a bit more to his game. Skillful player quite clever with his movement as we've already said do you think you know I mean obviously Hazard's out injured at the moment which isn't helping things but when we get Hazard back how do you see those two linking up yeah well I mean even Hazard makes things happen for anyone world class mm. players do that and and on his day you know even Hazard who said many a time is world class Morata mm. um, might well benefit from you know the trickery and um, what Hazard brings to the game and you know he opens up defences and if you're on the end of things and a striker with an eye for goal and a desire to be on the end of things, then Eden Hazard will be a dream. Pretty much mm-hmm. like Lionel Messi or, or someone of that ilk where, where they do create for other people by, by the fact they take people out of the game with, with, with their um, skillful play, etc. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I look forward to that. Um, I look forward to seeing more of Morata. I'm not going overboard. I said he was a positive, um, but, you know, I, was, I still reserve my judgment. 
at the end of the day. Mm. Strikers are judged on goals, and he, he's, he has hit the ground running. Um, hopefully, there'll be more to come. I think, there, on what I've seen, I'm prepared to chance there might be. Um, but let's just see. Um, each game brings something different. As we've said many a time in the Premier League, you know, you look at your Stokes away, you look at Tot- Tottenham away, well, away, Wembley, um, you know, um, then you look at your Manchester United and your Arsenal's who are coming up soon. We, you know, they all bring something different. And uh, it's how you react in your situations. You say that Costa, the battering ram, well, you know, um, Costa's got, got his 20 goals plus a season in, in the times, however, he's got them for the club. Um, yeah. Not going yeah. well for him at the moment. Not going well for him at the moment. But you know, his cards are firmly laid on the table, and Morata's still yet to play. So, you know, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm licking my lips at the prospect. I, I, I've seen a bit in there, which which I, I I'm really looking forward to when Hazard comes back and seeing those two play together. And anyway, we we mentioned Costa, and we really can't let this show go past without having a quick chat about that because it's all absolutely kicked off this week. Uh, with that interview, uh, which apparently happened purely by random. Yeah, I, I really don't believe that. But, uh, you know, basically Costa's, you know, it seems to me that he's uh, attempting to manipulate the situation somewhat and, and wriggle out of his commitments to Chelsea, who are standing pretty firm and saying, you know, get your rear end back here and, and, and earn your money because we're paying you enough. Uh, I mean, first up, I mean, do you actually have any sympathy with Costa? I mean, you know, from what I understand this was all kind of decided back in January that he was going to go in the summer. So the whole text thing seems a bit of a red herring to me, but do you have any sympathy with him? Um, I, without knowing the full facts, it's very hard to mm. have sympathy and, and, and say this and that, you know, at the end of the day, he's a well-paid professional who's uh, paid for whatever reason to do, to turn up and train and do what the rest of the squad do until his moment of departure. Um, I can understand players having the hump, um, and perhaps he can afford to stay away and not be paid, etc. You know, maybe he sees that you know he'll get his move eventually. I, I will also go on say on the other side of things is that um, you know a disgruntled player is no good in and around the dressing room, and, it, and with that right. sort of vibe, it, 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 it does spread, um, and, it, and it causes you know a bad environment or uh, a poisonous environment. And all you'll get is a situation where Costa comes back and trains separately, trains away or kids or something like that. And that only causes more resentment and, and bitter feelings. So um, I think something needs to be resolved. He is, or appears to be, inverted commas, taking the mickey at the moment, staying away on the <laughs> beer and you know having a party as such. Um, and, you know, for a player who's, who's worth something to the club, whether they're going to sell him or otherwise, and I think they probably are, um, he does appear to be taking the mickey. So, um, sympathy, little bit, yes, but he needs to get himself back, get himself in shape. You know, it, it's not a battle of, well, I'm all right, I'm doing okay, I'm on my jet skis and going around, jetting around the world, I'll play when I want. You know, you're still under contract to the club and you still have an obligation. So, um, catch 22, really. Should he be around Isn't the club? It? Should he be in amongst the players? Um, you know, a bad egg and it spreads. If, if indeed he is a bad egg, uh, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't knock what he's done for us on the playing field. Um, no. I think he's been great. I think he's been great over the period that he's been with us. He's given his all, and you know there was what there was just a moment under Jose Mourinho where fans doubted what he was offering, but he proved last season. I think that he's come back. He'll come back and can do the business. Went on song. So 
if he's not part of our club, then I think they should get him back, get him fit, and move him on. Personally, um, if he's mm. not going to be part of the future, but, uh, but at this, the moment it's, yeah. it's, it's not a very good situation. Well, not at all. It's a right old pickle, mate. And I, and I think you know, you're, I think you absolutely nailed that. I think. You know, from the way I see it, I think I think that he's he's got the heart and he's throwing his toys out of the pram because he hasn't got his way because he's demanding to go to Atletico Madrid and he's using all of this as a as an excuse for that. And I think that I think the reason why there's been a bit of a a falling out between you know Conte and and Chelsea, if you like, and Costa is because Conte does perceive him as a bit of a rotten apple. And and you're absolutely. I mean, I don't need to tell you that you've been in dressing rooms. You get a rotten apple in there, and you're right. It can spread. And I don't think Conte is the kind of manager who's going to have that at all. But the reality is, as you say, I mean, how do we resolve this? Because if you bring him back, he's going to be a bad influence, and that's potentially quite damaging. And on the other hand, this is a 50 million quid asset that you want to sell for 50 million quid, not for 10 million. And I mean, I, it, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how they solve this. I really don't. Um, it's, it, it's not good at all for the club. I think I'm not really bothered about Costa. That's his problem. But you know, they're either going to lose a lot of money or they're going to cause a lot of disruption. And I and you said you said it. Catch twenty two. It's really difficult to see how this one's going to go, isn't it? Yes, it is. I just remember back to the VS Boas situation um, with the players he sent. You know, training with the reses and so on. Players didn't like it. People didn't like no. it around the club. Disrespect and so on. And at the end of the day, we know what happened to VS Boas. So you know, let, it, it's better if this situation gets resolved sooner rather than later. Absolutely right, mate. I couldn't agree more. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Uh, so far, we've you see, unlike Chelsea, we've had a good start to the season, Kerry. We've done one and a half shows, and, and we haven't had a disagreement yet, so we're, we're doing well. Um, 
Right, now, we should turn to the matters at hand on Sunday, which, you know, for Chelsea supporters, as you and I both know, um, irrespective of, of where we are in the league or where they are in the league, uh, the rivalry and the enmity with Tottenham dictates this is this is the game that we always look out for, the home and the away game. Um, weirdly, this year, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're, going, we're playing Spurs away at Wembley, as that's their temporary home for, for a year while they, they build their new stadium. And I think, you know, before we get into the actual game itself, it's going to be interesting for us to see because, of course, when we rebuild our stadium, Wembley is, you know, rumoured to be the place where we may end up. So I think for the supporters that are going, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But I think first up, you know, I think a lot of people have been rumbling, myself included, actually, that, you know, Tottenham might find it difficult this season playing their home games at Wembley. Uh, I think largely because uh, their high-pressing game you know, they're playing on a much bigger pitch and they might run out of juice. But also because a lot of other teams are going to turn up there and it's almost literally going to be like their their cup final and they're going to raise their game. So I, I think it might be quite tough for Tottenham playing there at Wembley. But do you, do you think Wembley's really an issue? Could be. Um, mm. you know, they didn't do so well there previously. Um, no. Champions League games, etc. Um, so it could be. Um, but they're going to be there and they've got to get on with it. Um, mm. it it's the way it is. Uh crowd situation will be different you know some games stadium full some games not so full some games you know atmosphere different and as you said um, uh, opposing teams or visiting teams are going to we're playing at Wembley this week um, they're going to view it as a trip to Wembley so yeah it's going to have a different view and a different aspect uh, all, all the time but for Spurs it's about getting three points and the, the team that they are um, I look back at their results still a good, good you know good win for them last week um, they're going to be well I'm assuming they're going to be favourites for the game this week um, not quite sure I think the, 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 bookie, the bookies but, would certainly have it that way wouldn't they I think at the moment I would I would think so uh, most yeah. most people who looked at the opening game fixtures and, and the results uh, would probably have Spurs as favourites but if a decent mm. Chelsea side turns up with drive and desire um, you know we'll give them a game as, as we always do and it, it could go either way. I, you know, it's, it's going to be a difficult one to predict. But uh, mm. even with the Wembley factor at the moment, I, th- I think they will start the game as favourites. Yeah, and, and you know what? Much as I hate to say it, much as it pains me to say it, uh, I, I find that hard hard to disagree with as well. Given what happened last weekend and, and, and where we are in this season as a whole, I mean, and, and you're right though. I mean, having having said all of that, you know, it would be just so classically classically Chelsea to you know have an absolute shocker in some respects last weekend and then to completely bounce back and surprise everybody so i think in a sense that's also what makes it hard for you and i to predict i mean you know you know, i i wouldn't be surprised in the least if 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 we did that because it would be classic chelsea but i mean before we get into that uh, you know they kane and ali are two very very good players and i think it would be easy to say that that they're the threat but I have to say, mate. I think you know. Last year, when we played them at White Hart Lane, um, I think it was it was their midfield that won them the game, and they absolutely bossed our midfield, and that was the secret to their success. So, do do you think that this is going to be a game that's won and lost in midfield? Uh, listen, I, I I don't ever go along with these situations. I mean, people that it was to, to, as you say, coin a phrase, one in midfield or lost in midfield. Or, I mean, if a striker misses two chances and, he, and the other bloke score gets one chance and scores, is one up front or lost up front uh, or lost at the back or one at the back? I, I, I don't go along with that. I think the eleven that go out will, will all be part of 
um, the team win, and I include any substitutions that are made, and and I include the manager in that, and, and you can throw in the referee as well because they'll all be part of the mix if you like. So mm-hmm. I don't ever believe that a game will be won in midfield if a referee indecision is a poor one. You know, um, yeah, it could be the referee that wins or loses a game. Um, anything could happen. Uh, you know, there's two midfields. I mean, we we have the players' player and player of the year in our midfield. Last, you know. In, in Kanto, we've we, we've got decent players in our midfield, and you know whether they're unsung heroes or whether they're their names that would get into other sides last year, uh, our midfield was comparable with anyone. So, yeah, we'll give them a game. They've got good players in that department as well. They've got good players all over the field, and so have we. Um, I don't think it's going to be won or lost in any particular department. Um, they might get more of the ball in midfield. And if they use it correctly and create more and give the strikers more opportunity, then they might win the game. But the same applies to us. Um, so, you know, I've got an open mind about it. I, I do expect Chelsea to bounce back because um, they can't be that bad again. If they were to lose, it, people would start to ask more serious questions. But Spurs away, you know, with them possibly starting favourites, wouldn't necessarily be... Um, a situation where people said the alarm bells will be ringing. But on the back of the Burnley at home, it will all of a sudden pile more and more pressure as the games go on until the situation does get resolved where Chelsea gets settled down. So, you know, from that respect, anything could happen in this game. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a draw. Um, And, you know, people look at Chelsea start one point from six and so on. There'll still be the the doubters. But a draw at the moment in this particular game for us, I, I think would be a decent result. Well, I, I, ha- I happen to agree with that. But before I, I, I explain why, I, I think that, that you know, we, we talked about the midfield and, and, you know, to a certain extent, I agree with you because, you know, we wouldn't have lost last year if, if, if uh, you know, our, our marking at the back had been better and Deli Ali didn't have two clear headers. So that's clearly what won that game, you know. So I, I, do, I do absolutely understand what you're saying. But I think the problem that we have is who we're going to play. Uh, because at the moment, you know, we've got Fabricus suspended. So really, I think it boils down to a question of who's going to play uh, alongside Kante. And, and it seems to be at the moment, I mean, we don't know, do we, obviously, because it's a bit too early for the for the team to come out. But, you know, it seems to be a choice for me between Charlie Masonda, who is a, you know, a player who can play in that position, um, although that's a big ask for a young player, I think, or, or if, if Conte is going to be a bit more pragmatic, Given uh, that, uh, well, I, I think he might put Louise there basically, and uh, and put uh, Christensen, Rudiger, and Aspie in the back three. But uh, that's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it, as to who's going to play? Well, it's, it's an interesting one, you know, with Basiaco uh, out, Matic's gone. Um, it's not a case of any two from three. It's a case of well, no. one's missing now. Let's see what you've got. Um, and it's mm-hmm. no good moaning if, uh, if Masonda goes in there and plays and the team get beat. It's no good. Everyone will be saying that the squad is bare. We're playing youngsters. We can't compete and so on. But, uh, you know, if he hits the ground running and, and, and does what the youngster from Liverpool did in a week and plays well against Hoffenheim and does what he does, all of a sudden we, we found a starlet and, and so on. You know, he could go any way. Um, yeah. We, we just don't know. Um, but it's going to be interesting what he does. At the end of the day, it's yeah. all about the result, as football always is. Totally. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's about the result. 
who wins and then why they won, how they won will be sorted out by people like you and me. And some people would say other people who are better equipped and some people would say who are lesser equipped to talk about it. But I'm sure everyone will be talking about it. And uh, yeah. that's why it is what it is. Well, you know, my heart my heart says Masonda, but my head says Louise. But obviously, as as you've just said, all will be revealed at about three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. I, for one, can't wait. I mean, it is one of my favourite games of the season. Um, but I think, you know, just picking up on what you said a minute ago, mate, you know, uh, it's a hard one to predict. But I, like you, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if it is a draw, you know, something like a 1-1 or a 2-2, possibly quite niggly and scrappy as these games tend to be. But I, I, the way I look at this is, I, I, you know, it's an odd time to be playing Spurs quite early in the season. And, and it's a kind of game that I can see, you know, neither of the managers will want to lose this game for various reasons. Tottenham don't want to lose their first home game at Wembley. You know, Conte desperately wants to get some sort of a result at the moment. But um, on the other side of the coin, you know, I don't I don't see it as a must win. I mean, I know all Chelsea supporters absolutely want to beat Tottenham every game, and I, I know that. But, you know, from the manager's perspective, it's early in the season. It's not like it was like two games to go before one of us wins the title. It's not a must win, is it? It's more of a let's not lose it, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a let's not lose. Um, but that doesn't mean to say ultra-defensive performance Absolutely. and putting a load of yeah, defenders yeah, yeah. and so on. I, I think, you know, it will be what it will be, as I've said. But, um, you know, at the end of the game, if we come out with a point, that's, that, as I said earlier, so it's, it's a good result for us. Uh, if we come out with three, brilliant, it's a great result. And, uh, you know, if we come out losing, then obviously the Doom Merchants and everything will be clamouring, the Chelsea clan will gather and uh, we will... Um, get the old siege mentality and, you know, try and bounce back. But the point is, you know, you can't give away a load of points, I do believe, at the start of the season. I mean, it's very early, but you can't be giving the likes of United and City, I don't believe, say, nine points if we don't win anything in the first three and they're nine points clear. All of a sudden, you know, it's a big gap. And, you know, we took that last last season um, and it was never closed. We took a gap like that. It was never closed. So we do have to try and stay in contention. And, of course... If we were to get a point, it would stop Tottenham getting another point and they wouldn't be increasing their particular lead over us. So there's, there's lots to be played for. Uh, at the end of the day, we play for three points each, each week and uh, you know, let's hope we at least get a share of the spoils, which I think we will. Mm. Well, I think that's absolute, uh, absolutely valid. I, I also think that, you know, given... You know, the the stuff that's going on with the club, with the transfers and everything else and the injuries and the suspensions. I think that, you know, first few games of this season is going to be something of a damage limitation. And if we can kind of come away from the first, you know, three to six games relatively unscathed, uh, we'll be OK. And I, I mean, you know, when you look at last season, we didn't exactly set the world on fire at the beginning of the season last year. So, you know, and, and then we went on that huge run and we ended up winning the title. So, you know, I don't think you can lose the lose the title race in the first, you know, month to be honest, mate. So I, I still, as always, I'm I'm hopeful and optimistic. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, you don't lose it, but uh, other teams can steal a march. And uh, you know, I, oh. I'm, I'm a bit wary of the, the I'm a bit wary yeah. of the two Manchester clubs and uh, yeah. the way they've you know strengthened and where they've strengthened. I looked at the United game; they weren't spectacular, but they were very organised, very solid. And I said last week they're going to be very hard to beat, and yeah. they are going to be hard to beat. And 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 City, of course. Um, I've got a huge attacking array. Uh, whether they can cope defensively remains to be seen, but all will be revealed. But, you know, I, I wouldn't want to give them, say, 10 or 12 points start. Um, I really wouldn't. I don't think 
many teams will be able to do that over the course of the season, certainly not in the first six games. So we do need to be picking up some sort of points uh, while we get ourselves sorted out. Mm, quite right. Well, you know, uh, uh, like you said, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be a 1-1 or a 2-2 this weekend. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately, you know, getting something out of the game, a point would be OK. But I think also the performance uh, after last week, uh, I mean, it was a bit of a shocker in the first half. But I thought the second half was much better and they looked more at it. And I think if they showed the same kind of fight and spirit, uh, that will leave a lot of Chelsea supporters leaving Wembley happy-ish, even if it is a draw next Sunday, Kerry. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I fully agree. Uh, you know, uh, Antonio Conte, you know, look at the, look at the performance and I include everyone in it. You know, I'm not going to give the manager sort of applauding so he, he got enough plaudits he was a little bit subdued as well I mean I am all perplexed last week you know before we've seen him crowd surfing there weren't much to crowd surf mm. about last week I have to be honest but you know he was a little bit perplexed at times and you know I'm not going to say body language is everything he's been very thoughtful but he certainly didn't look a happy chappy and uh you know let's hope the players on the field uh, and their performance give him something a little bit more to be smiling about this weekend yeah absolutely right well let's hope so mate uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, that you'll enjoy watching the match as as I will on Sunday and uh, we will uh, meet again next week and, and have a natter about it all of course so uh, until next week Kerry thanks as always been great fun and I look forward to speaking to you again next Thursday cheers Dave thank you very much It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.